Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at HuskerCuzCast for all podcast updates and more. This is our Northwestern Reaction episode. Nebraska defeats Northwestern 17-9 in Lincoln in a game that Tyler... Tyler, you were uh, present for this game. What was it like? Bro, it was a great time. It was a fun game. The crowd was definitely into it. And uh, again, a good record for me this year in attendance. Three and one. Is this the first year that you've ever had a winning season watching Nebraska football games? No. I mean... Callahan had a couple winning years in there. Oh, that yeah. Okay. All right. And there's been years I've only like attended one game and seen Yeah, no, I I won more than I've lost. So you say that you are not the jinx that we I'm uh, not the jinx. On. Okay. It was Scott Frost. It was all Scott Frost. <laughs> okay. I I believe I did ask you to leave the game at one point in this game though. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not out there throwing these passes, boys. So <laughs> so we're going to talk about the game. But, Derek, I'm glad that you brought that up. So was there a point where during this game that you were actually worried that Nebraska was not going to get the pull off the win? Not really. I, I, don't, I don't think so. Our defense was so dominant in this game. I just I – just, not really. I, I think I, through most of the game I was pretty confident we were going to win it. I just didn't expect it to be quite as ugly as it was. And when it kept getting uglier, I was kind of like, okay. But the way the defense was playing, I was just like, okay. As long as the defense keeps playing like this, there's, they're not scoring 17 points on us. Yeah, it was an ugly game, and it started off very ugly uh, as we head into our reaction. I will, say, I will say this. It did get better after those first two series. Yeah. God, those first two series were terrible. Well, as we look two at turnovers. the offense, as we look at the offense, Harburg on his very first play of the uh, of the game, drops back, throws the ball, hits uh, where he's targeting Fedoni. It's intercepted instead. Uh, Berkutcher, the tight end, was behind him, wide open back there. I don't know if Harburg I don't know who Harburg was tr- uh, trying to throw to ultimately. I I read us an article that was suggesting that Fedoni was actually running the wrong route on that play. Oh, okay. But I don't know if that's true or not. 
Tyler, you were I, at the game. What did you? What were your thoughts on that very first play? That there was people open and he threw it to the wrong open guy in the wrong color. It was. I mean, it was. You know, I got the we got the ball and I, I kind of was like, okay, you you come off the bye week, you're like, maybe this is when the offense changes, and it just instantaneously took the wind out of my sails with the interception right off the bat. So what what did you think of Harburg's performance overall, though? I mean, I think this was his worst game as a starter. Um, I mean, him throwing the ball, I mean, wasn't good. He missed a couple really open guys. Um, the wide receivers didn't help, so it's not all on him. But just talking about Harburg, I think running the ball while he was good, I think this was probably his worst game running the ball of the year. Um, and again, still good, but just, and obviously not good passing. I mean, there, there was two fumbles in the backfield. We got them both back. One of which uh, was the one handoff to Fleeks. We'll put that all on Fleeks. I don't know if that's accurate, but the other one where it hit him in the hands and he just dropped, that's all on him. It was a perfect snap. So, I mean, we got away with a couple not fumbled turnovers that could have really caused us the game. Um, really, there was three. There was really there was three of them, but Kemp got nailed when he fumbled his. Sure, sure. I I was more talking about the Harburg ones, but yeah, I mean Harburg, he had a rough game, rough Saturday. Yeah. So his stats for the game, uh, for the listeners, eight for seventeen with two interceptions, through eighty-five yards. He did have one touchdown and a long pass to Malachi Coleman for forty-four yards. Half of Running his yards the ball, on that play. Say half again? On that, half of his passing yards came on one play. Yeah. I mean, if you take away that pass, I he mean, throws under 50 yards. That, that's fair, but Brendan Sullivan threw almost half of his plays, or half his yards on one play, sure, too. Sure, sure. So. Yeah. But Sullivan did, I think, had a good game, so I don't think Sullivan lit it up either. No, no, he didn't. He didn't. I'm not saying he did either. It was just an ugly game for both quarterbacks. Neither quarterback looked good. Har- Harburg didn't look good. I mean, the, was this his worst game? I hope so. I just hope they don't keep getting worse. Yeah. I think I think this is a game where I would have been absolutely fine sitting him and letting somebody else play for a series or two. Yeah, and I thought we were going to get to that point where uh, Jeff Sims was going to come in for a series because it started out very poor for Heinrich Harburg. Uh, just to finish off the stats here, Harburg, he ran 16 times for 72 yards and a touchdown. He had an average of 4.5 yards. Not, I mean, I thought he ran okay. I thought there were a lot of times where he was running hard. I mean, he he looked good running the ball, I thought, at, at times. Uh, but, I'm sorry, where were we going here, <laughs> Derek? <laughs> Derek was talking about Sims. Yeah, Sims. So you wanted to see Sims come in, right? I, I, I think it was, if there was a game to do it, I think this was the one to do it, yes. Yeah. I'm with you. I, I thought for sure we were going to see and, it. I, and, and I'm not clamoring to like bench Harburg for the rest of the season. Let's get, we'll go back to Sims. I'm not, I don't want to play this go back and forth game. I just think it was a time to like maybe let him sit and think about things for a few minutes. Like he was struggling yeah. and there was no doubt about it that he was struggling. So at some point this, this staff preaches accountability and you see it with one player and, Anthony Grant, and I'm sure we'll get to that later. But you know, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna hold players accountable, it's, it's time to do it with everybody, not just one guy. Tyler, 
Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. I think it's it's tough because you know, I there, there is a piece of me that's like, okay, we I talked about this a few weeks ago. Like maybe we should be a two quarterback system. We're running the quarterbacks a hell of a lot, and that's going to impact it. And then there's the other part of me that's just a traditionalist and say, yeah, you, you every team rides with one quarterback for a reason. You know, you don't see quarterbacks going in and out in the NFL or college very often because it's kind of like, hey, you let them kind of work their way through. You play the best guy. And to this point, Harburg has looked like the best guy. But it is becoming abundantly clear that at this point in his career, he just he's a mile away. He isn't making he isn't getting better. I know where this is going to go, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. He's four and one as a starter, and Sims is zero and two. Right, and that's fair. And and, again, and until 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 he starts losing games, they're probably not going to pull him. And, and that and that's maybe the right thing. I just I I do wonder how much of it is he is getting beat up and now trying to throw. Is that taking a little bit off of him? I know there's no excuses for the first interception, but as the game goes on, his passing isn't getting better. I just we we we're five games in, and arguably every game has gotten a little bit worse and, and obviously the Michigan game I kind of put that in its own little bubble but every game has appeared to get just a little bit worse for Harbor you know I did expect the offense to look a lot better coming off of a bye week I thought maybe with the extra work that they had in, I thought we were going to look a lot better but we just looked just out the get-go sluggish I mean, it was disorganized we were, sl- we were sluggish we didn't I mean Poorly prepared. It just, I mean, yeah, it, it was not. It, it wasn't. Yeah, it was not good. Offensively as a whole, it was not good. I, I, and I kind of mentioned this to you, Justin, before, and we'll, we'll get to the defense. But for every stat that looks impressive on the defense is equally as unimpressive on offense. Yeah. Except I mean, running the ball. We continue to run the ball well. But we, I mean, 163 yards rushing. That's not bad. Uh, Against the worst defense in the Big Ten in the rushing. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They they were what the fifty fifth best defense in uh, the nation, and worst in the- for to- for total. But they were the they were the worst rush defense in the Big Ten. Yeah, giving up one hundred and seventy two yards a game. And we, and we couldn't, couldn't even hit their the average. average. Yeah, I it just it just wasn't a good game. I and, and really. I, I hate saying this, but the offensive line might have been the only bright spot on the offense. On the offense, yeah, maybe. And, and I'm not saying they were a huge bright spot, but compared to the rest of the team, they they seemed like they were the bright spot. They didn't give up a sack, which was nice. I mean, I I don't know. I just it's 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 mind blowing at this point, and I don't know how many more energy injuries this offense can handle because we're gonna. Be, I have to start throwing the towel boy out there to try and catch some balls here. Well, soon. injuries was big. Billy Kemp, he goes down uh, in a wide receiver room that, my God, you, you'd think that we've been punished enough at the wide receiver position. It's like how much, you know, how much more punishment can one group take? And he goes down. So now we're down with our uh, our top four wide receivers to start the year. They're out. So. Who knows how long Kemp is going to be out? Maybe it's uh, a couple weeks, three weeks. I'm sure we'll find out more uh, tomorrow. Hendrick Harbridge have to start throwing the ball to himself here shortly. He's done that already this year. <laughs> I mean, 
And then on the offensive line, Ethan Piper, he goes down on the same play that Kemp does. Same uh, play. Like, how bad a luck can you have? You lose two of your better players <laughs> on the same play. So uh, like, You talk about bad luck. Holy shit. So it was interesting. Because I was on the Husker sideline. That That's where I was at. And it was interesting because they both get off the field around the same time. Kemp gets off just a little bit quicker. And so he gets the medical tent first. And Ethan Piper just was like being held up by a couple other offensive linemen just waiting to get in there. And, and again, we'll find out the severity of Kemp. I mean, I'm certainly expecting him to miss some action. But Ethan Piper, I mean, it looked bad. I mean, it looked as no weight was able to put on it. I mean, you know, I think if you're hopeful, you're hoping for like a three to four week injury and you get him back by Wisconsin. But he was in know, pain. But Matt Rule even alluded it, that he was in a lot looks, of pain. It would not shock me if he's done for the year. I mean, it really wouldn't. I, I I'm not. I won't be shocked if either one, because because Rule also made a comment that he it might be an MCL injury with with Kemp, and I don't know that you're coming back from that in five weeks. Well, so it depends what the MCL injury is, right? Because if it's a, I mean, even a slight tear, you may be only missed two to three weeks. If it's a, obviously if he tears it all the way, he's going to be out for the season. But MCLs. I mean, people do recover. I mean, if it's any degree of sprain, he's going to miss at least a week. But, I mean, it is plausible that he's back in two weeks if it's a just a sprain. It is. And he, and he was a little bit more mobile on the sidelines. I mean, again, Eve the Piper had to be carted to the locker room. Uh, Kemp, at least, was able to walk there with a brace. Like, but but here's, here's my thing that makes me think it's worse than what Rule is letting on is the announcer said he came out of the tent crying. Yeah. In te- well, not crying, but in tears. And he hugged his mom. And so that made me think, oh, shit, he's probably he knows. She probably knows it's uh, yeah. bad. Well, hopefully not. So the question is, guys. I mean, and, I, I, and, I, and I think Piper is out for the season. I guess they haven't said it yet, but by even the way Rule is talking about it, it's like, yeah, his is a lot more serious. So that the, makes me think that he's pre, pretty much done. So, so the question is obviously, and he was carted off. So, so the question from the sideline is, who is a bigger loss for the Huskers at this point? I, I, by God, I hate both of them, but I'll, I'll lean towards Billy Kemp just because of how depleted that room is. And I will say this is, and I get it was Northwestern. Their defensive line is not great. But that offensive line didn't seem to take a step back without Piper in there. I mean, Justin Evans Jenkins played a, a really good game for coming in for a backup. Yeah, I think I think it's Kemp also, just based off of the the guys that we have remaining. So uh, I guess I would lean towards Piper, and, and and the reason is is I don't disagree with you guys. Obviously, the wide receiver room is depleted. I just don't know if it matters at this point. Like I, I think that it's as good as Billy Kemp has been this year. It's just such a broken passing attack that, like, I think that you you need to keep what you can do is run the ball as good as possible if we're going to win games. And I think take take Kemp pa- out. Who's our best wide receiver? I mean, you're you're now looking at Bullock or Coleman. I mean, that's that's where you are right now. Coleman, who has how many catches total in Two. his career? Two, Two career. I, I get. I, I mean, it's probably Fedoni is the real answer. I mean, if he's probably your best weapon, I know he's, I mean, tight end. But, but again, I think the question is, is do you think we were going to turn a corner and start throwing for 250 yards a game, even with Billy? No, but 
But when they plan their whole offense around Kemp, the way that they said that they were doing, and when he goes out, when you plan your entire offense around one player and that player goes out, it is definitely a significant more uh, impact to the team. It's it so, that that really hurts more than but just, losing Piper. If if we hadn't lost so many wide receivers at this point, I, I would it would be Piper in a heartbeat. But, he, but the fact that we've lost our four top receivers, like it's just good God. How, I mean, how, how bad can it get? First of all, I'm tired of saying the four top wide receivers. I mean, I mean, you're counting Xavier Betts in this. Xavier Betts quit a while ago. Like, yeah, I mean, that's like that's like saying that's like saying started. we lost Trey Palmer. We lost Trey Palmer. I mean, he was our best wide receiver. I mean, he's been gone. He wasn't on this team going into the year. That's I mean, fine. Whatever. We can say the top three then. Top three, but put that to the side. I think that the, the what the real game plan has been is we're going to run the ball seventy percent of the time. That's the real game plan. And Ethan Piper has been arguably our best offensive lineman this year. Um, That's not true. You don't think so? Bryce Benhart has actually been the best lineman. I said arguably. I mean, I mean Piper's right up there. Okay. Right? I mean, I mean, don't you agree, Derek? I mean, wouldn't you say like... Oh, yeah. I mean, outside of Corcoran, I think most of the offensive line's pretty good. And I, I thought Corcoran played a pretty decent game in this game. I mean, it still wasn't great. I think that's back-to-back. I thought it was better. Corcoran. Yeah, it, I, think I mean, he, he's starting to get a little by bit Cor- By Corcoran standards, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's good. I, I, just, I think, I mean, it, again, they're both really bad injuries. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get good news tomorrow. Hopefully, when we come back on Tuesday, we have something good to talk about. So, Tyler, do you have any thoughts on the running back utilization in this game? I just, Emma Johnson played a really good game, and I think that's something that, should not be overstated. I mean, he played really well in his first meaningful snaps, really, of the year. Um, I mean, he went for the game. Uh, he went 12 carries for 73 yards, which is a very impressive day out. I just think we are in a position right now, and Derek, you hit on this to start, that it just it baffles me that the coaches preach accountability, but it really seems like it's pointed at Anthony Grant. He has one fumble and he does he loses the starting spot. We have a quarterback. Well, he's got he's got two now, but 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 well yeah, I mean I guess the but every, but every time he fumbles a ball, he he loses his spot. Yeah, he loses playing time significantly and no one else seems to be in that position. But what and do you obviously want the coaches to do? I don't know. I be consistent. Probably was where I would start. But we're not rich enough on talent on offense right now. That I want Anthony Grant playing. That's what I want them to do. I want Anthony Grant to be playing. I mean, two fumbles to me is not this epidemic that I'm scared of him being in the game. But it sounds like he's doing it a lot in practice. So if they're seeing it every day, what, what's you can't a lot put in practice? Him out there. What's a lot in practice? Is it the same rate he's doing at a game? Once, I, a, once every four know. weeks, but, he fumbles it. But it's enough for the coaching staff to hold him out of playing on Saturdays. So my question to you, so I'll put it this way. When Anthony Grant's in the game, are you more excited or are you nervous? Oh, I'm nervous every time he touches the ball. Are, are you? Yeah. So you're not nervous when Harburg throws? Of course I am. I mean, would, would Billy Kemp on the field? Somebody has to throw the ball. Fu- somebody has to throw Someone the has ball. to run the ball. I mean, we're, 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 we're in a position we need athletic guys on the field i mean turnovers aren't fun it, it doesn't matter 
I, I don't get overly nervous with Anthony Green. I, I don't think I've and I don't see practice, obviously, but I don't see him fumbling enough that I'm sitting there going, oh, shit, they're handing off to Anthony Grant. Please hold another ball. I mean, I've seen him drop it two times. Yep. So what are you insinuating? That there's another reason why the coaching staff is keeping him out? No, I I, I mean, apparently he's, done, he's doing it in practice. I'm not saying that the coaches are lying about it. I just, it just baffles me that you're, Holding him so accountable, and no, and uh, and, I, and like again, I love Harburg, but I mean the guy dropped that one ball on a snap. He dropped the fleeks. I, I I personally think that was on fleeks. He put it right in his bread basket. It was a little high, but fleeks needed to hold on to that. Uh, but either way, I mean, we said the same thing with uh, Sims on one of his handoffs. It wasn't quite in the right spot, and he, we tried to hold him accountable for it. So Har- Harburg should be held accountable for that one too. Uh, I, I just want to see if you're going to preach accountability, I want to see it across the board. I, I don't want to see one guy going, Oh, because Harburg at this point has thrown four interceptions. That's it's not good. He's no. thrown five touchdowns, but I mean, a five to four ratio is not very good. No, and, and, and it was again, good enough it, for Adrian Martinez. I don't know why you decided to take a cheap shot there. That that's beneath <laughs> that, that's your that's your boy there, Tyler. I that, mean, you that, that's him beneath you. You bring up a quarterback who hasn't been here in two years, just be like, oh, better good enough for Adrian Martinez. Hey, douchebag. Got rece- I got receipts I, on you there, Tyler. Yeah, it just it. I don't know. It it seems just. I ju- I just want a mediocre offense at this point. Yes, we need something. We we need a spark. And I I for one, when he gets in the game, I feel more optimistic than I am nervous. And you're right. Maybe at practice it is really, really bad. And again, which is weird to me because this wasn't a problem last year for him. So I just don't know where this has come from. And I really desperately would love to put up 20 points a game. And and, and now it's the point where the announcers are like, oh, they should be knocking the ball out of Anthony Grant's hands. Every time he touches the ball. Oh, did you see that? They could have knocked the ball out of his hands. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, I guess. I, I don't know. Everybody knows. I mean, it's it, it's out there that he is uh, fumble prone this year. It's out there because of our coaches. That he is not fumble prone this year. He's fumbled twice in a game. The coaches are making it sound like he's fumble prone in practice, too. So, like, then, then show but, some tape. But by, Tell, give but us by, by putting that out there, they're the ones going, hey, guys, try to knock narrative. the ball out of his hands. Yeah. They're creating this narrative that he can't hold on the ball because the on the field doesn't show that. Tyler, was there any point during the game that you saw Jeff Sims warm up on the sideline when Harvard not, was struggling? No, not not a second. Didn't see him grab a football. And again, I'm not saying I stared at him, but there was a point in the game where, you know, I don't want to say fans were booing because the fans never booed the offense. But there was a couple series in there where you, you heard a collective like sigh. It was like, oh my gosh. You know, in the second half when we threw the ball three times in a row, uh, then I think the next series, Harbor came out there and fumbled it, the snap. So some size, but no, Jeff Sims never, coaches never went over to him. I, I would start paying attention and he came out at halftime and it didn't look like he was warming up the same way as Harburg and even Purdy looked like they were warming up. And I don't know. I wonder right now if Jeff Sims is even number two. Is he injured in any way? Did you see that he's uh, 
limping no. or anything? I honestly, I wonder at this point in time, is he thinking he's only played in four games? Is this a or three games? Is it three games? Because he came in for three, like, three. One snap. I mean, is he is he sitting there thinking, "Hey, I might redshirt." So that is an interesting dynamic. If Harburg does go down, who comes in? Truly, it should be. I mean, it should be Jeff. I, I would, I would like to see Jeff get one, maybe not even a full game, but I would like. If Harburg can't go, I would like to see giving Jeff another opportunity before putting Chuba in. But that leash is small. That leash is very short before I put Chuba in. Because I don't want to go back to the four turnovers in Jeff Sims' first two games. No, but... I, I And look, we only, we, we only had the two turnovers in this game. But it could have easily been five. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I, I, I guess it is what it is. At least we're getting the ball back now instead of just letting everybody else recover the ball on the fumbles. And again, the interception... One of them was was on Harburg. I'm not gonna try and like I said. I read the article said maybe Fedoni ran that red wrong route, but I'm not an offensive guru. I don't know who's supposed to be running route, what route, so I'm not gonna pretend to know that. Uh, but the second interception was 100% on Fedoni. Like Harburg's gonna get the credit for the interception, and it's the way it is. It's the way it's always been. But he threw that right into Fedoni's hands. I mean, it was it was a good pass, really. And it was right in his hands. All he had to do was bring it in. Instead, he pops it up and just hands it, basically hand it to the defender. All right, one last offensive question before we move on to the defense. So we're seven games in right now. Uh, in the Big Ten, Nebraska ranks eighth in total yards on offense and 13th in total points scored on offense. So... Do you think this offense can still get better over the next five games, or should we just accept what this offense is at this point? Tyler? I Could it get marginally better? I think there is still reason to be optimistic. I, you know, it, it could, could we continue to run the ball well? Um, you know, we, we've had success. Maybe we continue to have the same, the same threshold and, I mean, it doesn't need to get a lot better passing. So, I mean, just a couple snaps here or there. Um, so, yeah, I think we can get marginally better on offense. Derek? Well, let me ask you this. Are you talking better as a whole or better than this game? No, as, as, a, as a whole. Uh, I don't know if we can get better, but I think we can get a lot better in this game. I think we can get back to the the Illinois offense where we were moving the ball. Well, we were, and hopefully maybe you can clean up turnovers and not fuck up that much. That's what we need. Cause that, cause that, that game, that game we could have scored 40 points on easily. And, and the offense moved the ball well, but then we started turning the ball over in the red zone. So, so can we get better than this game? Absolutely. Can we get much better than what we did against Illinois? Probably not. Hopefully you can at least stop turning the ball over at that margin, though. I think with all the injuries that we've seen so far, I think we just have to accept that this offense is just garbage. We have to accept it, find ways to win, uh, 
well, defense. I think it's been garbage. I think regardless how you look at it, it's been garbage. Like it, it has. Outside, I mean, of, I mean, outside of maybe northern Illinois, this, this offense has not looked good. Right. And I don't even know if it looked that good against northern Illinois. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's funny. You know, everyone's like, Was yeah, it? forever, you know, everyone sees the first game and they say, don't worry about the first game. It's like, that's eh, just the first game. It doesn't matter. But in recent years, the first game really tells kind of like that foreshadows the entire season. We've seen that so many years uh, at Nebraska. That offense against Minnesota opening week, that was our red flag right there, that this offense is going to struggle, and it has all year. It has not gotten any better than the Minnesota game. So we're seven games in. Yeah, sure, we look good against a group of five teams, but against power five teams, we're not we're not doing anything. I think our offense looked good against Illinois. It just it was just the turnovers. Like Jesus Christ, hold on to the ball in the red zone. It, and their it, defense it, was not very good. Their defense. I mean, I tell you what, I think their, their defense their defense shut down with Wisconsin for well. I think three we and got. I think we got Illinois at the right time because after that, the next two games they defeated um, Maryland, and uh, they probably should have beat. Wisconsin, uh, would we have beat Mer- or Illinois this weekend? I don't know if we would have or not. Well, Illinois sure play, play, but, but I would say this is if you want optimistic, and again, we're, we'll do our Purdue preview. But I think you have Purdue coming to town. That will be the worst defense we will face for the remainder of the year. It'll be. I think they have a worse defense than Northwestern and Illinois, and then you have Michigan right behind them. And I would probably say. Yeah. Michigan State is right behind him, and I think that's probably a comparable defense to Illinois, um, you know, and, and probably Northwestern. So I, I think, and then Maryland's not exactly gangbusters. So I, I mean, I think there is optimistic in our future opponents, uh, in particular Purdue coming up, because I think that's the worst defense in the Big Ten. I, I think you better just be prepared to see a lot of games at like seventeen to ten. That's what we're going to – we're going to win games and lose games like that. That's what we're going to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's – I think these uh, last five games here are going to be one of those things like first team to 20 is probably going to win the game. I think the the Iowa game might be – the first team to score may be the winner. It might be like a three to nothing game. God, I hope not. I'll be in attendance for that one too. (laughs) <laughs> of course you would. All right. I mean, I, I really, can, can you see either one of these offenses scoring on either one of those defenses? That might be a high-scoring game of the year, just a weird game. <laughs> That'd be my luck, because so, I'll bet the under on it. So just, Even if the under is 21, I'll still bet the under. All right, I was going to save this question for last, but we might as well just get into it here. Do you feel better or worse about the final five games after this week? I feel the same. I, I don't feel better or worse. I This defense is doing exactly what I wanted them to do from, you know, after two or three games. I was like, okay, this defense is legit. They're good. And outside of a quarter against Colorado and Michigan, the whole game, this defense has looked stellar. I, I And this defense is going to stop some opponents. And this offense is going to struggle to score. And it's just what I'm expecting. I, I, it doesn't change my – 
It doesn't change anything for me. I still think we could go 5-0 and in these next five games. We can go 0-5, and, and I wouldn't be shocked either way. Tanner? I, you know, I, I was kind of a little bit more where Derek was until after the game. And what keeps giving me more optimism and why I think we are a threat to still win the West is I'm just not seeing any other Big Ten West teams turn the corner. I mean, Wisconsin looks in really rough spot. Can and, you turn a corner at this point? Like, I mean, you're the we're, we're, we're well past halfway. Well, not well past. We we're just past got past halfway, past halfway point in the season. So yeah, hard to turn Illinois, a corner halfway. Post Nebraska, Illinois, Illinois looked like they turned a corner. Even though they lost to Wisconsin, they they've been playing. They beat Maryland, which was an impressive victory. They look like they should have beat Wisconsin. They they have turned. I mean, they have been getting better as the season goes. No one else in the West, I would say that about right now. And Illinois is probably the only one that has basically zero chance of winning the West. I mean, well, I mean, you could put Purdue and uh, Northwestern in that category, but yeah, they're they're pretty close to that. Yeah, no, I mean that's I mean I just yeah I mean it, it's I I I think there's still a lot there, and we're about to get to this defense. And if there's a reason to be optimistic, it's. This defense, and I'll just start hitting there. I mean, what a showing from this defense. And I know Derek will probably hit a lot of stats, but I want to highlight just two things about this defense that I felt really made the game. It's the two long plays that Northwestern had. Both times we saw guys come from behind and tackle them and prevent the touchdown, which in the end of the day, we did not give up touchdowns in the red zone because we gave and we held them there. Those were the, that was the key to the game. Those two plays, the, the two biggest plays Northwestern had were the two biggest plays for Nebraska in a sense because we didn't give up those touchdowns. And it's just the effort these guys had to play, all the positive plays, all the good stuff we saw. I mean, the back-to-back opponents in the Big Ten, we have held to single-digit points. I mean, the Big Ten West against Nebraska right now is averaging about 10 points a game. It, it seems to me like I don't think a team is going to score, certainly not the next couple weeks, or at least and not in the Big Ten West. I don't know if there's going to be a team that's going to score 24 on us. So I was, I was looking at this. Not that it's a massive surprise, I guess. but So Nebraska, in their wins, is averaging 25 points a game offensively. And defensively, they're giving up 10.3 I think it was 10.3 points per game. And their in their losses, they're averaging like 10 points a game and giving up 31. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's a, that's a such a massive turnaround. I got it's crazy how how bad that can how how much of a difference there is between those two. Because it's not like we're blowing teams out outside of the group of 5 teams. And really, we only blew one of those teams out. So, Tyler, at the game, uh, James Williams, he made a a hell of a play late in the game. When you were, what was the crowd reaction where you were sitting? Like, what were they saying about, who the hell is James Williams? Is that kind of like how that went? I was like, who the hell is James Williams? (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I mean... It's not very often that a player gets in the game in Nebraska, and I'm like, who the hell is this guy? And we'll 
I mean, start going to James Williams came in, make big plays down the stretch. Prince Well comes in this game. I mean, not, he's been playing a lot. Had seven tackles all over the field. Uh, looked incredible. Isaac Gifford, seven tackles. Nash Nutmaker. I mean, you know, Derek, I, I gave you, I don't want to say a hard time, by overhyping him potentially in the grades last week. Man, I want to take that back because he looked like every bit that he might be the next second coming of a Dominican Sue the way he's been playing. I mean, in the backfield, we, we had eight sacks, and we could have had 10 or 11. We lived in the backfield against Northwestern. Yeah, I we gave up. Now, now is, this that's going to be a, probably a little, a little. Uh, we gave up negative twenty six yards rushing in the fourth quarter. We also had five sacks in that fourth quarter. Yeah, like, that was impressive. And, and kudos to Tony White for being so aggressive in that fourth quarter and saying, you know what, we're not losing this game. We're we are going to shut this shit down. And he was aggressive to the end, like I. That last drive, three out of the four plays that they ran, we blitzed. And we got two sacks on that drive to, to include a fourth uh, fourth down sack that, ended, I mean, essentially ended the game. Uh, I, I tell you what, I, I, I'm absolutely impressed with this defense. And I, I want to talk about the sacks at this point because – we have like more sacks now at this point in the season than we've had like the last three seasons. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. With 24, we're on pace. Now, I, I understand we're probably not going to keep this pace, but we're on pace for 41 sacks in this season. You know what's really impressive about this defense? There's a lot of things that are impressive. But the, uh, the, their ability to make tackles... Just to wrap up, I mean, op- open field tackles. I mean, God, it's, they're, it's amazing, they're, right? they're tackling machines it, out there. So, so there was a Matt, play. Matt Rule, Matt Rule brought up, and I, we were going to talk about the same play, Tyler, but Matt Rule talked about this that play where we blitzed the shit out of them, and they threw that screen play. And if, that, if, that, if, if Isaac Gifford doesn't run through that block and make that tackle, he's going 50 yards on that play. Yeah. It, but, but he blew through that block and said, you know what? He's not going anywhere. And he, he's ta- he ta- stopped with a six yard gain. I mean, it, it easily could have went. There, there was nobody else there to tackle him. No, that, that, I mean that that was exactly the play I was talking about. I mean, it, you want to talk about again? I said the two plays of the game were the two biggest plays, right there. I mean that that was a chance that everything goes bad and all of a sudden it doesn't. And Justin, you asked earlier, hey, was I scared we were going to lose the game? And 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 the answer was really probably no. But at the end of the game, Nebraska, all these times being snake bitten, you know what I had no fear was going to happen was them taking the 85 yards for a touchdown. I was just like, we are going to be on, in the backfield because we have lived in the backfield so much that game. I mean, and I had no, I was sitting there 100% confident that we were going to close this game out. And we did. I mean, Can- we ended it with a sack. Just like we started it, it was amazing. Can I just say one thing? Because I, I, I know what two plays you're talking about. One was a rush play, and that white that running back was running free. Yep. And that's fair. 
But he was like one of the slowest running backs I think I've ever seen. Fair enough. He he was not very fast. But you know, who is he, he did he did get caught from behind. But that the one the one where Hartzog. we uh, Hartzog when he came from behind on that pass play, he got burned bad on that play. What what happened? That, on was, that was that was a, that was a sixty six yard play. That I mean, he I think he stopped him inside. The, it was inside the ten. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not even so sure it wasn't inside the five. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and then we stopped him and made him kick a field goal. That was massive. Well, and, and that was a play that happened in large part because, you know, we got the pressure, but and we got him outside the pocket, and he ended up throwing it across his body, across the field. And, you know, I'm not, not saying Harzog shouldn't have been there, but it was bad. And, and one other key to this game, too, before we get maybe player performances, I want to point out the first three drives of the game because all of those drives for Northwestern started in Nebraska territory. Started on the 44, 47, and 13. And we held them the punt, punt, field goal. And on the field goal, they started the drive on the 13-yard line. They got that interception. They had it there. Make them go negative yards and force them to a field goal. I mean, they, were ne- they were negative three yards in the first quarter. Oh, total yards. It, I mean, how many games have we seen Nebraska over the years lose the game in the first quarter? I mean, you give up that type of field position. It's just games get out of hand, we lose. And this defense... Always- just, we, we've seen we've seen it a ton in the fourth quarter too. Yeah, and and, that, and that's where I was probably most impressed was the fact that Tony, Tony White was not going to allow th- this team to lose this game. He, he called a very aggressive game. Yep, especially in that fourth quarter. And and, and kudos to the to the players as well because they, they played their hearts out, and 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 it, they've taken this we're a defensive team to heart because. It's, this defense has said, we're going to win some games this year. Offense, let's go sit down. We're, we're going to take care of this. We're starting to play like Iowa, and I hate, really hate that because I'd rather see at least some offense, but we're starting to kind of play like Iowa. Even, this, even in this game, like our special teams was even good. Well, we'll get there in a second, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, so Scott Frost was at Oregon, right? Uh, for the game. Did you guys see him on the sideline? Yeah, uh, yeah he was talking to Tony Tioti. Yeah. So he's there. If he watches Nebraska today, do you think he wonders how Nebraska got so good at tackling? And if so, if he gets another shot at coaching, head, like being a head coach, do you think he changes his practice philosophy? Because I tell you what, talk about a, a, a study in how to coach football. Tackling in practice is much much better than not practice practice uh, tackling in practice. I mean, I mean, maybe my guess is if Scott Frost is watching this game, he's going, "Jesus Christ, your offense is terrible." Pro- maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe that's why we're having all the injuries. Maybe we're getting banged up so much in practice that our offense is like getting tackled too much. I don't know. Oh, there's yeah. Could be there, but no, too. no, I'm, 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 I'm with you. And again, just feel like you had to bring in ancient history, bringing in Scott Frost. Like, let it go, dude. Enjoy no, he was, he was in the news. He was. I mean, he. He was saw in the, the footage news. Of him. Yeah, he was he, in. The- you saw him on Twitter. You saw him out there. It's like that's the first Scott Frost sighting that I've ever known since he's left here. I've never seen him in public. But 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 back to the defense. I mean. I, I don't even want to start naming these guys because I feel like I'm going to leave guys out. But, you know, N- Nash, obviously, we already hit, I already hit on. But 
Another guy, Jamari Butler, who is really coming into his own. And there was a play in there where they got a false start. And I don't know if they showed this on TV, but he kind of started jabbing at the quarterback. He, you know, he's like, oh, I was coming for you there. I was coming for you there. And you could just see it in the very next play after they got the false start. Blows right by, gets a sack. I mean, just the confidence these guys are playing with. And a lot of this has to do with how many guys they're playing. It, and it's just, yeah. it, they are rotating them. I mean, I don't This defense is going to be good for a while. As, as long as we can keep uh, Tony White around. This defense is going to be good for a while because that rotation that they're doing is every bit what you want it to be. I mean, if you were to... There's so many young guys that are just going to keep getting better. As the season goes, but you going into the year, if you had said Ty Robinson gets injured, how bad is that going to be for our defensive line? I'd be like, oh, that. Oh, it seemed detriment. like it would be massive. Yeah. And and not that, and he's playing really good football. I don't want to lose him, but I I don't think your defense would take any noticeable step back losing him. I mean, right now, second. I, I don't think I don't think there. I really don't think there's a player that we can't that we would lose that I would just be like, oh, we're screwed. We're, no, on defense. Our, now with Tommy Hill, I mean, there's there's players I still don't want to lose. I mean, I yeah. get it, but. But no one. I mean, I wouldn't want to lose Quentin Newsom. Like yeah. that would be, that would suck. Secondary is getting a little weaker. I mean, Tommy Hill goes down this week with an ankle injury. Hopefully, he's back soon. It seems like this will be quicker. But I mean, you still without Singleton. Uh, I mean, the secondary has been our weakness of the team, and it seems to be and, like. And how crazy is that? Because before the season started, we had no concerns about the secondary, right? We had some concerns about defensive line. And now it's like defensive line is the strength. Linebackers, they're doing exactly what we thought they would be. They're solid. But the secondary is kind of like, uh, you know, if there is a shaky thing on the defense, it would be the defensive backs, right? But again, you saw, I mean. I, I, I will say this. And this is, I don't mean this as a slam on him. But if there's a guy that I expected much more out of to start this season, it was Malcolm Hartzog. Yeah. I think we yeah. all had him as a defensive player of the year type candidate. And right. He's played well. And, and he's played well. He, and he, it's, it's not that he's playing bad, but he gets burned. He, I mean, yeah. from time he to time, he does on. get burned. Yeah, he gets picked on out there. Yeah, they, you don't throw at Quentin Newsom like you throw at him. And it seems like... But yeah, I mean, Omar Brown continues to play well. I mean, it's just... It's, it's a team effort. And I mean, I told you... I just wish you guys would listen to me more. I told you this was going to be a top 25 <laughs> defense. I told you... <laughs> You've been saying it for seven years. I'm glad you're right for once. <laughs> glad you're. It's right. it's it's an impressive defense. I I'm not gonna sit here and read off all the stats to you. It was it's just it's an impressive defense. We should have started what? the podcast talking about this defense because it it really was it was, I mean Illinois was a good performance, but this was a put the team on your back, just completely owned because. You're, you talked about this with the offense, Derek. The offense did contribute in Illinois. They just had turnovers. But this this was a pure defensive effort. There was. I mean, the only thing I would still like to see out of this defense, and this is just nitpicking a little bit, I would like to see a few more takeaways. Yeah. Tommy Hill had an interception, though. He did. Right before half. It, it, was, it, was, it was a meaningless turnover. Yep. But it was a turnover. He almost had another one that first quarter that – could have gone the whole way if he held on to it, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but if if I told you we only gave up twelve first downs, eighty one yards, and only one hundred and seventy six yards passing, I would have said we probably won this game by 
at least two or three touchdowns by a bare minimum. <laughs> and the fact that we just won by eight and it wasn't even really an impressive eight, it was, it's mind boggling. Like the stats, they, they, out, they out gained us on, we only gave up by that. What was it? 256 yards. I think 257. And we only, but we only got 248 on offense. So, I mean, I, I know that we are very proud of this defense. We won the game. The defense is great. But let's not make it sound like Northwestern, they're like an offensive juggernaut. That's not no, like they're not. Stopped them because currently they rank 13th in the Big Ten in total offense. So, yeah, we, we stopped them, made a lot of but, great plays. But, but again, let's, outside of Maryland, we're not going to face a ton of good, good offenses. That's and, true. And Northwestern put up 37 points against Minnesota. I mean, they were on their backup quarterback, and maybe that helped us out a little bit. Uh, because, I mean, if Sullivan was more mobile, I mean, I, it didn't look it. I mean, I mean, he just had really, I mean, he, I guess he saved, I mean, they, they could have had 10 sacks. So I guess his mobility saved him a couple, but, uh, so, yeah. So in terms of total offense, uh, that we have on our schedule. We still play Maryland, which is second, Wisconsin, who is fifth, and Purdue, which is sixth in total offense in the Big Ten. But that the Wisconsin being fifth is going to be... A, yeah. yeah. That's, and I don't know if Mordecai is going to be back by the time. It, it, it's, it's shaky because he got a, a pin put in his hand, and you figure he's probably out four to six weeks. Probably. It would be my guess. And so Nebraska's five weeks away. I mean, he's right in the, right in the middle of maybe Mordecai comes back. All right. But if Mordecai don't come back, I, I feel pretty strongly that we're going to shut them down pretty well. All right, final segment, special teams. Is Tristan Alvano finally finding his groove? Tyler. I mean, that was a big kick. That was a big kick. I, I mean, we talked into about this. Into the wind? Into the, the wind thing. So the announcers made the made it sound like the wind was. They did. They they made it. They made it sound like it was a big factor. Was not a big deal. This is my fourth game I've been in attendance to. This was the least windy game I have been in attendance to all year. I mean, it did not seem like it was blowing that much. I know sometimes it gets weird. I mean, but but he could have made that field goal from fifty five. Yeah, it was a great kick right down the middle. Hopefully, it builds confidence. Kudos to him because I know. I mean, we have not been kind to him, and he's definitely playing. I mean, that was a big kick. And that's what you want to see. That's why you leave him in there. Derek, any other special teams nuggets you want to offer? I mean, man, Buscini was booming that ball. Had a 55-yard punt in this game. Big punt. Uh, I mean, big and, punt. And, and we had a good kickoff return with Tommy Hill before he went out. Like special teams started looking a little bit more like the Minnesota game than they did than it was the last couple of weeks because it was pretty atrocious there for a while. So it's starting to look a little bit better again. Yeah, lo- losing Tommy Hill, I mean, he he's played a little bit better in his secondary. I think he has become more of an asset when he's not out there. I don't cringe anymore. Um, he's another body in the wide receiver room, which is obviously something we need. But the biggest loss, if he's out any time, is on that kickoff return. Yeah. I mean, because he does provide us a spark back there. Uh, 
And and Boucher, I mean, it ha- wasn't Boucher, funny. Four, four, four of his seven punts were put inside the 20. They were. I would like to see them get in the 10. You know, Jordan even made that comment to me too. Like, he's punting from midfield, and it's like, these are ones that, okay, inside the 20 is like the bare minimum expectation in those situations. Like, these need to be pinning them back inside the 10 instead of landing in the 14. But I will tell you this, until I looked at the stats, I did not realize that Tristan Alvano had three of our four kickoffs. And Buscini had one of them. That's yeah. weird. Like what? 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 I, I, I didn't. I didn't realize he was doing kickoffs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't tend to pay attention to who's kicking the ball on kickoffs. But, but, yeah, good kickoff coverage. They, they returned a couple of them out of the end zone. They never got past the twenty-five. Yeah, I mean, overall, good day. Much needed. Good day from the special teams unit. And that punt for fifty-five yards. If, if I'm getting the sequence of events right, we had that fifty-five yard punt, held them. Force him to punt in that very next play is when we got the uh, play action option pass for a touchdown. And it all started because he flipped the field there. Went way over the guy's head and yeah, it was a big punt. All right, so 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 the, it's got it's gotta be brought up. That play was a fake option Tom Osborne play. Matt Rule came out and said that Tom, that Tom Osborne wrote drew that play up for him. How impressive is that? It's pretty sweet. I mean, you of all the previous coaches, you haven't heard about Tom Osborne drawing up plays for him. Do you buy that? Do you do you think Tom Osborne's like I I think Matt Rule loves to throw Tom I I hope that play was already in our playbook. I guess is really where I'm going on this. Like, I'm thinking it was inspired by Tom Osborne yeah. and not like drawn up. I mean, he said well, maybe, he said he drew but, it up. He I mean, he said he said Tom Tom told him if you're going to keep running this option, you need to throw an option pass in there, and which is right, you do. I mean, it was it was a great. Yeah, it was play a beautiful call. play. It was a beautiful play. I mean, that was probably the best pass. Well, it's not probably that was the best pass that Armbrook's thrown all year. Hundred percent, especially deep ball. Yeah. So, uh, anything else, guys? No, we're four and three, guys. We're we're in. We're October is almost done. Big Ten West. We're we're, is, we're still on the Big Ten West we, hunt. We are, and bulls are looking. I don't want to say great, but it's looking really, really good for a bull. What's your confidence on we're going bowling right now? Seventy five percent. Yeah, it's probably pretty good. I mean. Seventy-five. We got two, we got two not, out of these next five. It's not a no, done. It's deal. not no, done. No, no, it's not done. No, I, I, I alluded to that earlier. Like we could go five and zero, and we could go zero and five, and I probably wouldn't be surprised either way. We'll probably go in between there. I, I, I do believe we'll, we will get two more wins, and it'll be because of this defense. Yeah, defense needs to create more turnovers, and uh, the offense needs to. <laughs> really stop turning the ball over or allowing the opportunities for other teams to uh, get those turnovers. But uh, all right, we will be back on Tuesday night when we go ahead and we will uh, preview the Purdue game. That episode will be ready on, uh, will be posted to Herd at Sports on Wednesday morning. 
So special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Look, be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for our episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red. Thank you.